0: Merry Christmas again! Oh, it's so good to be with you, dear friends in Christ. Now, many of us struggle each Christmas season, I I know I do, what to give as a gift to our friends, our family, others that are near and dear to us. And like a lot of things this year, COVID-19 hasn't made it any easier this Christmas season, has it? Either given the challenges of social distancing, isolation, economic uncertainty, or just the struggle it is some days, just to try to live with one foot in the virtual world and one foot in the in-person world. And I do struggle each Christmas to locate that perfect gift for my wife, Laura, for the kids, Uh, you have to see what I get today, I guess, (laughs) for the kids, and for my dad and other special people in my life. And... Seemingly for others who seem to have everything, maybe don't really need anything, what do you get? Well, each year since 1926, the Neiman Marcus Company has published its Christmas book, and it's filled with the best gifts, I guess you could say, for the very well-off, well-to-do friend or family member. Now, recent offerings in this Neiman Marcus gift book have included, for example, in case you've got any last-minute shopping you're still trying to do, a private water park for someone's backyard coming in at a 2020 price this year of $100,000, or a limited edition BMW individual M6 convertible, $139,000, or for the person who maybe truly has everything that is so hard to buy for, a private charter trip to outer space beginning at $1.7 million dollars. Now, I'm sure these gifts, none of them, are on our shopping or wish list this year. Now, these might be gifts that you would give to someone who is ultra-wealthy, and of course, you'd have to have some means yourself to even consider buying these as presents. But what gift can we give this Christmas season to the one person, the only person in the universe who truly has everything, Well, today for our time in God's Word, we're going to look at what can we give to God this Christmas and beyond. And we're going to see what we can give God this Christmas by looking at the story of a man who never uttered a word that was recorded in Scripture, yet he simply believed and trusted God. And that was Joseph, husband of Mary. Because I believe the story of Joseph indeed illustrates four gifts that we can give to God this Christmas season and beyond, to the person God who has everything. So the first of these four gifts that we can give to God this Christmas season and every day of our lives is that of a merciful and graceful spirit to other people from our Gospel text today that Greg read a few moments ago from Matthew 1. Let's look at verses 18 and 19. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, what a surprising turn of events for Joseph. How would you or I have felt to make the shocking discovery that our fiancé is expecting someone else's baby, that the person that we're pledged to be married to apparently was unfaithful? Now, the Jewish engagement back in biblical times was arranged by parents on behalf of their children, and it lasted one year. And that engagement was a legally binding agreement. The couple was already considered to be man and wife, and that agreement was only breakable via divorce. So here, Mary's apparent indiscretion would have been an outrage. The shame and embarrassment must have been overwhelming. Joseph has basically two options. Option one, could have hurt Mary severely it would have been a very public and very messy legal proceeding involving charges of gross immorality that would have most likely ended up with her being stoned to death in public. The second option, the option that Joseph seemed to be leaning toward before divine intervention took place, was a very quiet divorce involving two witnesses. Now, Joseph chose to show a merciful, And graceful spirit toward his Mary, he was determined to do what was right, but do no harm to his betrothed. In his desire to handle this delicate and certainly embarrassing situation, he displayed a graceful and merciful spirit. Well, let's bring it home today. We live today, I think it's safe to say, in very divisive and unforgiving times, don't we? Vengeance and retaliation seem to be so much the part and parcel of how we handle differences of opinion and relationship struggles today. Perhaps a great gift to God this Christmas day and beyond would be to show a merciful and graceful spirit to someone. Perhaps cut a neighbor a break this week. Maybe show a family member, an annoying co-worker, a gossiping fellow student, perhaps somebody that really grates on our nerves and shows up at a gathering that we're going to be at late today to give them some Christmas grace, to maybe give them a break that the world would say they do not deserve, to show a little grace, a little merciful spirit this Christmas. Joseph possessed a merciful and graceful spirit, the perfect gift for God, the person who has it. We see Joseph demonstrate in our text today from Matthew a second gift as well, a gift that we can give to God this Christmas season, and that is his striving to live with a sensitive conscience. From Matthew 1.20, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Joseph, in a dream, and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now Joseph here continues to reflect over his options, what to do about the whole Mary situation, and then an angel of the Lord appears to him and explains what really happened to Mary. And an angel says, "Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife." Well, in the text, we see Joseph was afraid, but what was he afraid of? Was he afraid of Mary? Of course not. He loved her. He cared for her very much. He was genuinely struggling what to do given her condition. (laughs) Was he concerned about what others might think of him or how this would all make him look? Possibly and probably. But Joseph was definitely concerned about not offending God. He wanted to do the right thing. The baby was not his. And he assumed Mary's heart and baby belonged to another man. He wanted to honor God in his decision, follow God's will amidst the mess. <laughs> Excuse me. He perceived Mary was in. just want to clarify there. I'm feeling perfectly fine. Haven't coughed in months. I think, just, so don't worry. Okay? In this year, I just want to clarify that. I'm feeling 110%, okay? Let's make that clear. I think Gary put up his mask. Sometimes today it's hard to know, isn't it, bringing it back into 2020, what is the right thing to do in these trying and unprecedented times in which we live. With the ever-changing technology and all the perplexities that go with that, with all the different means in which we can communicate in this CGIS era, Twitter, Google, iPhone, and Facebook, and social media, do we respond, do we not respond to something that bothers us? with the plethora of national and world problems that beset us, with um, the reality of still trying to navigate through this COVID-19 pandemic, with the life curveballs that can come our way, whether at school, at work, in a relationship, economically, with our health, any of those curveballs on a given day can really throw us for a loop. Joseph, by the power of God, struggle to maintain a tender, sensitive conscience, the perfect gift for the person who has everything. May that be the gift we seek as well this Christmas day and beyond to give to our God in light of his love for us. The third gift that we see Joseph giving to God, the one who has everything in our Matthew text today, is the gift of a teachable, coachable attitude. We pick up the angel's message from Matthew one, beginning at verse twenty one. See, Mary will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet: the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, these words from the angel are simply stunning. In a few phrases, when you think about it, Joseph learned the truth about the baby and everything that happened with Mary. The angel called Joseph a son of David. Now, this is a clear messianic reference that the Savior would come from the line in the house of David. The baby has no earthly father, for he is of the Holy Spirit, and his name will be Jesus, which means he saved. So, Jesus' mission, it's in his very name, it's in his very DNA, the whole reason for the season and this festive December 25th day. Jesus' mission is to save his people from their sins. Jesus, who was born into this world a little over 2,000 years ago, who lived that perfect life that you and I can't lead, that perfect life that you and I can't get right, who paid for every wrong thing we've ever done or ever will do took our place on the cross, suffered and died and rose again, that all who believe in him shall have life eternal, the whole point and the reason we are here on this December 25th day. And as we'll see in a moment from Matthew 1, 24, Joseph, hence, will be open to taking Mary as well as his wife as a part of this divine mission and gift. Now, I think it's fair to say up to this point in the story, Joseph has tried to demonstrate, I think, a well-reasoned, a logical, a compassionate, biblical course of action to the fact that Mary's pregnant, and he's pretty well assuming that it's not by him. He is going to do what is right, but not at the expense of Mary. He's wondering through, he's thinking through his options, and then this angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream. We see in our text that Joseph is open to new information. He is open to hearing from the Lord. Joseph is teachable. Joseph is coachable. And I'd like to look at this concept of being teachable and being coachable as a person outside the context of our biblical text for a moment. Let's get to a very different world, the world of professional basketball, the NBA. Now, arguably, one of the two or three best basketball players ever to play the game was Michael Jordan of the Chicago Bulls. And in an interview by a reporter a couple years after his retirement, he was asked by this reporter, Mr. Jordan, what do you think was your greatest skill, your greatest ability as a basketball player? And he responded this way. He said, my best skill as a basketball player was that I was coachable. I was teachable. I was a sponge and aggressive and open to always learning. So one of the questions for us this morning is, how coachable are we? How teachable are we at times with the Lord? How open are we to how he may speak to us and grow us and instruct us and redirect us through worship, through studying his word, by having a regular, intimate prayer life and conversation with him, by being involved in Christian fellowship and Christian service opportunities? I believe the Lord desires us to be spiritual sponges, spiritual sponges, like Joseph, to be shaped and grown and encouraged and redirected and blessed to be a part of God's continuing rescue plan to save people from their sins. So that we're equipped to share the good news of what this day is about. With each person that he'll put on our path, and he'll put a person in our path every single day if we're open and coachable. I really believe he will. It may be somebody in our family. It may be a neighbor. It may be a co-worker, a fellow student. It could be somebody at Kroger, Meyer, Target, anywhere in the marketplace of life that we're in a position for God to use us to share the good news about Jesus' first day is all about. We see that Joseph was easily redirected by God. Why? Because he had a coachable and a teachable attitude, the perfect gift for the person who has everything. And fourth and finally, we see Joseph give God the gift of obedience. The gift of obedience. From Matthew 1, 24 and 25, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until he gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, Joseph woke up from his dream with a set of instructions from God via the angel. The dream, I think it's safe to say, was a life-changing encounter with the will of God. Joseph acts immediately, receiving Mary as his wife, and did name the son Jesus, born a few short months later. Now, Joseph in our text does not hesitate, Once he determines that that dream and that whole interesting series of events is God's will, he decisively acts, and he aggressively obeys God. God calls us as well, I believe, this Christmas Day and every day of our lives, to be open to his working as well, to listen for his voice, whether through dreams, and it's usually through other means, but be open to his miraculous working and plans for our lives so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, like Joseph too, we may be faithful and fruitful in obedience to Him. Decisive obedience to God, another perfect gift for the person, God, who is everything this Christmas. Now, as we enjoy this blessed Christmas day with family and friends, whether we do it in person or virtually or some combination thereof, as we experience the joy of giving and receiving the gifts this day, yes, even the tithes and the chia peps and the fruit cakes, let us remember through this unheralded and soft-spoken example of Joseph in the Christmas story the four gifts that we can strive by the power of the Holy Spirit to give to God, the one who has it all, this Christmas day and every day. That first gift, again, being that we would strive to live our life in a way that we would show a merciful and graceful spirit toward others. Secondly, by the power of God, we would hope to try to live with a sense of conscience. Third, that we'd be open to possessing and having God's faith in us a teachable and coachable attitude toward Him and the life He's called us to. And fourthly, that we would live in decisive and fruitful obedience to our awesome God. Merry Christmas. In the name of Him who saves us from our sins. Amen. Spice your life for